We're driven by the search for better. But when it comes to hiring, the best way to search for a candidate isn't to search at all. Don't search match with Indeed. Indeed is your matching and hiring platform with over 350 million global monthly visitors, according to Indeed data, and a matching engine that helps you find quality candidates fast. Ditch the busy work. Use Indeed for scheduling, screening, and messaging so you can connect with candidates faster. Leveraging over 140 million qualifications and preferences every day, Indeed's matching engine is constantly learning from your preferences. So the more you use Indeed, the better it gets. Join more than 3.5 million businesses worldwide that use Indeed to hire great talent fast. And listeners of this show will get a $75 sponsored job credit to get your jobs more visibility at Indeed.com slash BlueWire. Just go to Indeed.com slash BlueWire right now and support our show by saying that you heard about Indeed on this podcast. That's Indeed.com slash BlueWire. Terms and conditions apply. Need to hire? You need Indeed. This podcast episode is brought to you by Coors Light. These days, everything is go, go, go. It's nonstop hustle all the time. Work, friends, family expect you to be on 24-7. Well, sometimes you just need to reach for a Coors Light because it's made to chill. Coors Light is cold lagered, cold filtered, and cold packaged. It's as crisp and refreshing as the Colorado Rockies. It is literally made to chill. Coors Light is the one I choose when I need to unwind. So when you want to hit reset, reach for the beer that's made to chill. Get Coors Light in the new look delivered straight to your door with Drizzly or Instacart. Celebrate responsibly. Coors Brewing Company, Golden, Colorado. Dynasty. Hello, everybody, and welcome to another edition of Dynasty Tradecast on Rotoviz Radio. Brought to you by our friends over at Blue Wire Hustle. All right. So, week, 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 week. Wild card weekend. Not even wild card weekend. Super wild card weekend <laughs> is in the books. One of the best weekends of football ever. Not really because of the quality of games, just the fact that we had football on, playoff football on from one until 11 it was glorious uh how did you spend your super wild card weekend dan um i spent it partially at work partially watching games partially not uh but enjoying what i did get to see aside from what was the really bad game the bears game <laughs> yes aside from that one it was mostly enjoyable football uh i got a, a really nice kickoff aside from some poor officiating with uh with the bills but yeah it was it was fun we we got to learn some things about some players and continue to add to our knowledge base for sure and we're using that knowledge base today as we continue our dynasty rankings summit we talked about the quarterbacks last week so if you missed out on that one make sure to circle back and get your quarterback knowledge dropped on you from uh ff dynasty dan and npal ff and today we'll go through the running backs. I don't think we'll have as much agreement here because we have different views on the position, but uh, we'll we'll give some takes on where these running backs should be placed. Yeah, I think 
once you get through the top four, it is honestly pick your poison. You you take proven production. You take you know sexy young rookie, or you know maybe even some of the 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 middling veterans that are still relatively young who have some nice output but have kind of question marks surrounding their offense. So um, it, th- this one should definitely be interesting. I think we'll have good conversation on on definitely outside the top four, in my opinion. I think that's when we really get the meat and potatoes. For sure. And honestly, we're going to disagree on the top four as, as it is. But I think it's more of a team-building perspective more than anything. Uh, and for the most part, when I'm making dynasty rankings, I'm projecting it like – if I was doing a startup, I'd be drafting from this list. And even as my list is, is you know, created, mo- a majority of the players on my dynasty rankings of running backs, I would never draft <laughs> because of how True. I build my teams. Right. Um, so, uh, yeah, we'll just go, th- go through that. And um, so with the running back position, before we talk about that, let's talk about Rotoviz. Make sure to support the podcast by g- going to rotoviz.com. Get yourself a subscription with promo code RV Radio 2021. Once again, RV Radio 2021. It's a 10% off all of our content and tools and sports podcasts. What can be better than that? Get yourself some Rotoviz. Rookie draft seasons, uh, you know, it's slowly creeping up towards us. It's uh, combine season, even though there's no combine. There's lots of measurables to, to be had, and you, you got to get Rotoviz to make sure you're, you're up on the game. You're absolutely right. Get in there, folks. Rotoviz.com, promo code RV Radio 2021. All righty, let's start the running back position. And you mentioned a top four. I think it's more of a top two, in my opinion. And so I'll start with my top two, and we can expound to your top four. Uh, the, the top two that are seemingly by themselves are Christian McCaffrey at one and Saquon Barkley at two. <laughs> These are, are my top two running backs. And if I'm going to really go out of my way for a, you know, uh, running back towards the end of his first first deal or the beginning of his second deal, it's going to be these two. I think these are the guys that are going to you know be perennially over the next few years be top five running backs. And so, if I'm investing heavily at running back, it's it's these two. So Christian McCaffrey, along with another running back, have the same ranking on my list. I have them at one. I, I wouldn't trade one for the other. One of them is not Saquon Barkley. He would be fourth in my list of my top four. My issue with Saquon is he's still going to be in that Giants offense, which is very bad. He still has Daniel Jones, who is very bad. And they have coaching. That is very bad. And Saquon has had real trouble staying healthy. I I know people don't want to say the injury prone and go through all that business, but we need to see him on the field. We saw so much promise as a rookie. And it's not like he looked bad at any point. He's just, we have to see him out there. But the offense scares me. Yeah, it should. Everything should funnel through Saquon, but it's probably not going to be super efficient because he's going to more than likely be overworked. Uh, obviously, we're chasing volume, and it is still Saquon Barkley, who's a freak athlete and a pretty darn good running back as well. So he's he's my fourth spot in this list. Christian McCaffrey is tied one with Alvin Kamara for me. He's already got the big money. Um, the Drew Brees thing doesn't doesn't scare me. The only thing that would potentially scare me is if they fully handed the reins to Taysom Hill, which I don't think they can possibly do. That team will get rolled if Taysom Hill is the quarterback. But Alvin Kamara on this list is the best receiver in my eyes. Christian McCaffrey's right there with him, which is why I have them tied for one. I just think Al- Alvin Kamara is better between the tackles than CMC. 
which I would have him ahead of Christian McCaffrey on the list, but I'm not trading one for the other. And then my third in this group of four is Dalvin Cook. Again, another guy with that got his contract. It's on a team that likes to run the football in a good offense. That's not going anywhere. I would argue he's the best runner in football from a pure running perspective, right there with Derrick Henry. Uh, again, those those two as pure runners are are the elite ones if you remove the other part. But Dalvin has legit receiving chops, so it it for me is um, those those four are above and beyond everybody else. And for me, they aren't. Uh, but like I said, a lot of it has to do with how I build my dynasty teams. And I, I have those two, Kamara and Cook, below three younger guys. So I'll go with my – this would be my three, four, and five in my dynasty rankings right now. And some might say it's overreacted to the last few weeks. I'll say that we thought he was great originally, and why isn't he great now? He's great. Jonathan Taylor at running back three. Josh Jacobs, some might say he's not as explosive as, he, as these other guys. I just think he has the a longer road of top 10 running back seasons than Kamara and Cook. And DeAndre Swift, when he when he was healthy, when you know he was being featured on that Lions offense, he looked like a legit top five running back. So I, I have those three b- before Kamara and Cook. I'm not going to begrudge anybody for having Kamara and Cook higher. I, I think more so I'm I'm taking I'm taking what I consider the, the floor play with those guys over Kamara and Cook because we've seen so many of these second contract running backs flame out very quickly with with very little sign of you know warning. Sure. And that's, you know, running back in dynasty is really touchy. You almost have to chase young guys and hope for production. Uh, I have Swift and Taylor or I should say Taylor and then Swift. No relation to the country or the pop singer, but they are my five and six. Josh Jacobs surprisingly doesn't make my top 10. My issue with Josh Jacobs is he's essentially discount Derrick Henry. He doesn't have the receiving. He has receiving ability, but the offense, again, just doesn't use him in that capacity. His volume is, it just seems really sketchy to me. It seems super inconsistent. John Gruden, I mean, you think whatever, but that offense is is a weird place to be. Who knows how committed they are to Derek Carr. Uh, the offense in a hole is, is a bit shoddy, and it should run through him at this point, but it just doesn't on a, on a consistent enough basis. So, I'm way different on Josh Jacobs there. And I actually like Josh Jacobs. I just, the, the receiving thing you'll kind of sense throughout my rankings is much more important than the two down carry eaters. Yeah. And, and I know that he's not going to be answering what is his third season or fourth season, third, third, third. season, third. Yeah. He's been in his third season and you know, you, you, you say he's going to get more receiving work, get more receiving work. He has the skill set. Like it's oh, not like sure. the, he can't catch the football. Like it's oh, he's very good at it. We we had arguments when he was a rookie about that being the more important thing uh, of his game. He's a better pass catcher than he is running back, and they're not using him that way. Yeah, no. I mean, when when he was coming out in the draft, like his plus was can catch the ball. Like Miles Sanders, one of his questions was, can he catch the ball? <laughs> like, um, but so. Yeah, I mean, so we're pretty similar in our top seven. Um, so to move on to the next few, I think we're going to be similar with these as well. We're going to start differentiating soon. Um, so we have I have Miles Sanders, Nick Chubb, and Derrick Henry as my next three. So we are very, very close. We're just one spot off because I have Josh Jacobs behind everybody. I still have Ezekiel Elliott at seven, 
He hasn't looked great of late. He's still not healthy in my eyes. That offense is unbelievable. And there's no way you're stopping Ezekiel Elliott when Dak Prescott comes back. You're still going to have C.D. Lamb. You're still going to have Amari Cooper. You're still going to have Michael Gallup to deal with. Plus, they're going to get Blake Jarwin, and they still have Dalton Schultz. That doesn't sound super intimidating. But when you have that many weapons, there's no reason Zeke can't just go crazy on the ground. And so he's actually at seven for me, right ahead of Nick Chubb, and then Derrick Henry, and I have Miles Sanders at 10. Uh, That offense you know, is kind of in limbo right now. I think Sanders has a lot more upside, which is why I have him at 10. I had him lower prior to them committing short-term to Jalen Hurts. Uh, I think with Jalen Hurts, Miles Sanders is a lot more dangerous as far as a fantasy asset. I think he can he can be a league winner uh, w- without question. My issue with Miles is he's so good in space and so mediocre not. He, he doesn't create for himself when he's running between the tackles outside, he's as scary as they get. I mean, I'd put him up there with, with Kamara, with CMC, with Barkley, as far as the ability in open field, Uh, he's just, he's very mediocre between the tackles. And, and I like the receiving upside because he's very good there as well. Again, that's why I moved him inside. I didn't even have him as an RB one prior to when Wentz was QB. It, It just, that's yeah, that wasn't working. Well, one update on last week's quarterback ranking slash your ranking of Sanders here. The reports are that ownership said we're keeping Wentz, and that's what led to the firing of Doug Peterson. So does that not concern you as far as Sanders' value? And also, I mean, obviously Hertz's value if they end up sticking with Wentz. So, I mean, have you heard those rumblings? Do you believe them? Or do you think it's, you know, a 50-50 shot of who's starting with the Eagles next year? I think it's Philadelphia trying to regain some of their trade value in Carson. I think now they're they're going to fire their coaches to regain trade value, though. Yeah, because Doug Peterson hasn't been good for a few years now. So it's you know ever since they won that Super Bowl, that team's been downhill. I think they're they're doing what they can to regain some trade value because with I don't know if Howie will stick around, Howie Roseman, their GM, but if he's done a pretty good job keeping this team that seemingly was in shambles post Super Bowl, and it kind of keeping it all contained and always having them ready, whether they're healthy or not, but it's kind of always been on Carson Wentz. So I I think if they can get some trade value back and they're able to move him for somebody that is coming to get him rather than them trying to send him off, that'll, that'll bode much better for them. I still think that Jalen Hurts will be their guy, but there's a real possibility they and they sacrifice the coaching and and try to stick with Wentz because of the draft capital that went into him and what they had to go through to get him. It's also the, the I think the the main thing the main reason why Carson Wentz is where he is and the main reason why Doug Peterson's fired is Wentz's contract. Like if right. Wentz could be cut tomorrow, Peterson oh, would 100%. be the head coach yeah. and Hurts would still be the quarterback. I think the the salary cap involved is where you know, hits a stack. And so often from guys on Twitter are like, oh, the salary cap isn't real. If the salary cap wasn't real, the Eagles wouldn't be where they are. Like, they would be <laughs> right. in a much better position. <laughs> right, right. Yeah, so I, I think with Sanders uh, in kind of in this area, I, I think it's the comfort zone. We have to assume Hurts, even if they do keep Wentz, that it's going to be the, the Taysom Hill. He has his own packages. They swap drives. I, I don't know what they would do there, but – the upside is enough with Miles Sanders. 
that I, I think he deserves to be in this spot. If we knew for sure it was Jalen Hurts, I think you could argue he'd even be higher because the running the running quarterback has shown to really, really improve what the running backs are doing in just about every offense. Yeah, and comparing him with the other guys that we mentioned in, in this tier, uh, Nick Chubb has the you know long-term concerns of Kareem Hunt. That's always going to be some hamper on his value after Kareem Hunt's on that, on that extension. That Nick Chubb is never going to be the exclusive back. He's never going to be the you know the passing back, and that does dampen his value. And you talked about how you know you need that receiving work, much like with the quarterbacks, you need the rushing work. Um, and then with Derrick Henry, you, you love him; he's great. He's going to be a you know top ten running back for the next couple of years. It's just definitely a candidate, like like I said with Kamara and Cook, a candidate for dropping off very quickly. And one will say that that's playing dynasty scared, but also I play dynasty where. I'm always looking at the long-term floor of my roster and I'm trying to keep that as high as possible and rostering guys like Henry and Kamar and cook is how you can possibly have your, your roster floor fall really quickly. Oh, for sure. And for me, I'm viewing Henry as Adrian Peterson 2.0, essentially there's no, there's no pass receiving work, but you know, he's getting 1500 yards and probably 12 to 15 touchdowns and you can bank on it. So if you're going to get mid to you know, top five to eight RB points. I mean, it's hard to not have him here, even without the passing work. And before we head on to our next group of running backs, let's hear about our friends over at Blue Wire Hustle. Hey, everybody. I just wanted to tell you about Blue Wire Hustle, a brand new program where you can host your very own podcast here at Blue Wire. Hustle was created to give everyone the opportunity to take your podcast to the next level. Or if you want to host a podcast, just don't know where to start, Hustle is the perfect place for you. As part of the program, you receive personal cover art, Q&As with Blue Wire's top podcasters, access to our community Discord, and an e-learning course full of tips and tricks. And on top of that, we'll help you get your show pushed out to Apple, Spotify. We're driven by the search for better. But when it comes to hiring, the best way to search for a candidate isn't to search at all. Don't search match with Indeed. Indeed is your matching and hiring platform with over 350 million global monthly visitors, according to Indeed data, and a matching engine that helps you find quality candidates fast. Ditch the busy work. Use Indeed for scheduling, screening, and messaging so you can connect with candidates faster. Leveraging over 140 million qualifications and preferences every day, Indeed's matching engine is constantly learning from your preferences, so the more you use Indeed, the better it gets. Join more than 3.5 million businesses worldwide that use Indeed to hire great talent fast. And listeners of this show will get a $75 sponsored job credit to get your jobs more visibility at Indeed.com slash BlueWire. Just go to Indeed.com slash BlueWire right now and support our show by saying that you heard about Indeed on this podcast. That's Indeed.com slash BlueWire. Terms and conditions apply. Need to hire? You need Indeed. By Google, Stitcher, and all the other listening platforms. And the best part, you can get all of this for only $15 a month, the same rate as any other hosting site would charge you just for the initial setup. So whether you're starting from scratch or have an existing show that you want to grow, Hustle is an open door to leveling up your sports experience. Acceptance into the program is limited, so get your applications in today. To apply, simply go to bwhustle.com join. That's bwhustle.com slash join. Make sure you check out the description box in this episode to find out more. And again, one more time, 
That's bwhustle.com slash join. And now we'll start and stretch our tiers a little bit further here. I have, I have a group of five running backs in this quote-unquote tier. I have Antonio Gibson, CEH, J.K. Dobbins, Aaron Jones, and James Robinson. What, what's your thoughts on this group? Do you have anyone here that shouldn't be here? Anyone who I didn't list who should be in this grouping? Did you say Aaron Jones? Yes. Yikes. Um, <laughs> so You think he should be lower than this? Yeah. So I have uh, Antonio Gibson, who you mentioned. I actually have, after watching him, Cam Akers, right with J.K. Dobbins. I think my hesitation towards Akers as an unfinished product is maybe a little bit overreaction to the potential expertise of what Sean McVay can do in an offense. And we've seen Rams running backs continuously perform. So whether it's dead leg Todd Gurley, dead bodied Malcolm Brown, whatever Daryl Henderson is, and now Cam Akers, whoever's out there is scoring fantasy points. And Cam Akers is starting to look more and more the part as we get towards the end of his rookie season here. And it's, I think all arrows pointed up at this point. So I have Dobbins, Gibson, Akers kind of all in a bunch with James Robinson and Clyde Edwards Alaire just because of the potential volume and the team he plays for that has no correlation to his actual ability because he's very mediocre. At the end of this, I have Joe Mixon and Austin Eckler. Mixon is one of my favorite running backs in the NFL from a, a, an ability perspective. I think he's genuinely one of the better ones. Cincinnati's just been real tough to be a running back. We've seen Giovanni uh, Giovanni Bernard perform here and there. When Mixon's been on the field and been healthy, he's done well. His usage has been weird, and it's just kind of been a cluster. I, I don't know what to do with him at this point. I want to have him higher. He could probably go lower. But his physical ability to me just keeps him in here. And I know we've we said it for like four years now, and we really haven't seen any payout for Joe Mixon aside from maybe one season. So I, I'm I'm always tough to to cut ties with guys that I I fall in love with during the draft process. It doesn't hurt or it doesn't help that he's a Sooner. Um, it, it's a tough spot for me. Are you ready to cut ties with Joe Mixon at this point? No, he's literally the next guy on my list okay. after Robinson. So we're close. Um, and, and then Eckler is not too far down as well. Um, so we none of our rankings other than Zeke is the one where he had the biggest discrepancy. I think you had him at like RB7. I have him at RB18. Okay. So, <laughs> and that's about I, the difference between – well, where do you have Aaron Jones? 15. Okay, and I have him at 24. Okay, so yeah, th- those are those are our two big discrepancies. Uh, is is your Aaron Jones uh, not so much love? You you don't think he resigns in Green Bay, and you think he's a, you know just an okay guy after that? I think there's a better chance they resign Jamal Williams to a, a lesser contract. I think they like Jamal Williams better as a just an actual football player. Aaron Jones has been great, but they're they're not going to pay Aaron Jones. I think that's pretty clear, especially after drafting AJ Dillon. But if you keep on saying that though. Like there, this is like a theme of this podcast. At least once a week, we talk about this free agent running back class is so good, but nobody's paying running backs anymore. So if nobody's paying running backs, then no running backs get paid. Then Aaron Jones signs like a four year, like $28 million contract. 
I mean, it's possible he gives them the old hometown discount, but it's it's tough to. I mean, I don't love Aaron Jones. I don't think he's a spectacular talent. I I just I don't know where he fits. And I mean that that's a reason to have him higher and to have him lower. I don't see where he fits anywhere else. So why why not just stay in Green Bay? But also he you know his floor is like RB thirty this time next year because he ends up going to you know, some team that invests in a day two running back and he ends up being behind or, you know, splitting carries with him. Um, but I do think that if he ends up just splitting carries with AJ Dillon, this is around where he belongs. Yeah. I, I don't think, I don't think that's necessarily a bad take. Uh, one of the big factors for me here was the fact that Green Bay doesn't really re-sign their running backs to a second contract. The ones that they do are kind of the auxiliary players, the guys that do what, Jamal Williams does. So I, I think it is going to be an AJ Dillon, potentially Jamal Williams backfield. I'd hope Aaron Jones gets a, a job, a good job somewhere. I don't know where that could possibly be at this point with all of the guys we've listed. It doesn't really leave a whole lot of positive places because you'd hate to see him go to somewhere like the New York jets. That's a, you know, a death zone. I could see someone like Buffalo going out because Singletary and Moss have both been super mediocre and they seem like they really want uh, somebody to be able to eat those carries. And neither one of those guys fits the, that, that bill. Yeah. I, 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 I used to like Singletary as a talent, but a good running back would have tore up that bill's offense this season. Neither of them did it. They just did the bare minimum and didn't do it past that when you're in that good of an offense without Josh Allen and Stephon Diggs were, you got to do better than what Singletary and Moss did. The question will be, are they willing to invest the running back after spending two straight day two picks in a row? Are they going to go back to the well with either a free agent pick or another draft pick? That's the question. If they want to continue investing running back more so than, you know, is Devin Singletary good enough? Yeah, I think we see Buffalo, and, and we're getting a little bit off topic, but I think we see Buffalo go really defense-heavy in this upcoming draft because that offense is essentially good. They maybe add a wide receiver, but... Um, okay, let's go back to our running backs. Uh, I think we're, like you meant, we're kind of in the same zone here. My next guy, I know you said you had Zeke was coming up here at 18. Yep. Okay, right after that, I would have Kareem Hunt. Yep. Okay, that sounds about right. I, I do... You know, having to split the work with Nick Chubb is is an issue, but oh, by the way, you, you did you mentioned Acres a little bit earlier. I have him at seventeen. So you know, along this this zone of these young running backs of Gibson, Ceh, Dobbins, and then Aaron Jones and Joe Mixon mixed in with these with the rookies and Zeke. Um, but yeah, go ahead. Oh, sorry, and, and I don't I didn't mean to jump forward. We didn't we didn't really talk about those guys. So your Dobbins, Gibson, uh, Acres, and maybe even Clyde edwards alaire kind of all have the same if not similar value and james robinson i don't want to leave him out i keep leaving him out because he wasn't one of the guys we we talked about we're so used to talking about who put on an absolute show as a rookie Uh, are you really differentiating a a ton between those guys i mean it's 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 hard because robinson definitely has the widest variance of any running back in the nfl right now because he could continue and be the RB1 for the Trevor Lawrence-led Jacksonville Jaguars offense, and that's an RB1 for the next four years. Or he could they could draft a guy day two, or they could invest in one of these free agent running backs, and he's being relegated to a day two, you know, into an RB2. So I think he's got a wide variance, but 
putting him in the in the teens, in the you know the fourteen to seventeen range, is where he belongs. Because if they do nothing, he's a top ten running back. Hundred percent. If they do, if they do something, he's an RB two. Yeah, ab- absolutely. Uh, that's that's going to be the one to monitor. I think of those guys, you know, we we might see Kansas City still bring somebody in to to kind of take some of the the workload off of Cutter Zolaire. Not anytime early in the draft, they could be one of the teams that looks at one of the free agent backs. And Austin Eckler, uh, somebody I was never a big fan of, but man, that offense it just seems to run through him when he's healthy and when he's on the field. He catches so many balls. And he's good enough on the ground that it's hard to not honestly have him higher. If we weren't so loaded with talent right now at running back, Eckler could be in, in an RB1 conversation in that top 12. Yeah, and because of his prowess as a receiver in the backfield, he doesn't need the 20-carry-a-game workload. And I don't think that's really what he's going to have in the Justin Herbert offense as he evolves. We'll see who they end up hiring in Los Angeles. Hopefully it's not Jason Garrett. But... <laughs> but what I'm saying is that a lot of the worries with second contract running backs is of course, okay, how many more carries this guy have in him? Well, Eckler's a second contract running back and he doesn't really need to have the the 20 carry games. He can, you know, have 13 carries and six targets and that gives you, you know, a top 15 type running back. Absolutely. And he's, he's kind of notoriously always going to be one of the guys that's, undervalued somebody you can get really nice points for cheap i mean he he's got the, a lot of the guys that have him now at this point are the ones that love him and we're kind of in on him right away so he might be kind of tough to get but if it's a new league you're probably going to get him at a discount or a newer league you're, it's probably going to be discount eckler yeah and one of those guys that you always say the points are uh are more, are more worth than his trade value he, yeah he, his trade value is not worth what his points are now, uh, so I think we've gone through uh, right now. I am at RB21, and it is one Chris Carson. Um, the Seattle Seahawks fired Brian Schottenheimer. Some mixed messages here because Pete Carroll said uh, the one thing we're focusing on this offseason is running the ball more, and then they fired Schottenheimer. So some people are thinking that Schottenheimer was the one that was doing the let Russ cook thing, and now Pete Carroll fired him for letting Russ cook. Uh, so, uh, what are your thoughts on Carson in the post Schottenheimer era? Yeah, I don't love Carson. Um, and I never really have, but they seem, they seem kind of committed to him at this point. We're still waiting on if Rashad Penny's ever going to be something because we've seen him play for like a game. So that's, I guess we still don't know there, but Carson has some nice upside, especially if you're getting him for low RB2 value. I have met 23, so we're not super crazy far off there. And uh, there's still a tiny glimmer of hope in the back of my brain for Rashad Penny, but uh, I do think Seattle sticks with Chris I, I'm Carson. I'm glad you have it because that, that's not <laughs> I know. I know. There's something back. I, I'm still hoping for like Job at Best and David Wilson and those guys too. So there we go. All right. Uh, now I'll go, go through the next bunch of running backs. We got David Montgomery, Ronald Jones, AJ Dillon, Kenyon Drake. I actually have AJ Dillon at 21 uh, ahead of Aaron Jones, believe it or not, because I do think he's the guy in Green Bay and Ronald Jones right in the same spot. David Montgomery right there. Kenyon Drake right with Chris Carson and Aaron Jones kind of to round out that top uh, 24, 25. So I think here is just kind of where you're getting 
the veterans who, you know, they, they are what they are, but hey, we're getting some looks. And the one I did struggle with was David Montgomery. I, I wanted to have him higher. I wanted to have him up in like the Joe Mixon type range. But the big thing that that offense didn't have and the reason why Montgomery was scoring so well, especially the back half of the season, was no Tariq Cohen. And with Tariq Cohen coming back for Chicago next year, he's a real weapon. He's a threat. It's one reason why I'm not super duper high on Darnell Mooney, who may come up in conversation next week. I think Cohen comes back and is a real problem in that offense uh, and takes some some strong looks away from David Montgomery but because before injury and especially last year, he was getting tons of work. So I'd love to have Dave Montgomery higher. I think he's a solid back. I don't think he's great. He's definitely not bad, but I think he's better than maybe these rankings say. I just, I don't ever think he, with three Cohen there, I don't ever think we're seeing David Montgomery with the work that he got the back half of the season. Yeah, and one guy I want to talk about is Kenyon Drake here. He was very disappointing. He should, like, in this Cardinals offense, with this, you know, basically one-year tryout with, with the transition tag, he should be in the where I have Aaron Jones, James Robinson, Joe Mixon. But he's not because he didn't play that well. He didn't stay healthy. Chase Edmonds did more with his carries that, than Kenyon Drake did with his. And I do have some hope because, I mean, like I said, I've always liked his talent. But just the uncertain uncertainty with his future. And it, it's always, you know, frustrating slash confusing when a guy is in a perfect situation like a Kyler Murray offense and doesn't like ex- excel in that situation. Yeah, it was it was kind of weird. I did think Kenyon Drake was going to have a big year as well, but not having Kyler being fully healthy for about a month and Drake not being healthy for for very long either. I would say when both were healthy, the offense looked different. It it looked more explosive. It it looked like the offense we kind of anticipated having. Um, and Chase Edmonds was, I would say, slightly better with his touches, but I would say he was also a lot less noticeable when on the field. Like when Drake was out there, you knew Kenyon Drake was out there. When Edmonds was out there, it was like, hey, there's the backup. Uh, I, I think there's a clear difference in those two from an ability perspective. And so many people were puffing up Chase Edmonds as like, hey, he's going to be the guy. He's going to be the guy. It's pretty clear that Kingsbury didn't think he was the guy because there was so many opportunities where Edmonds should have taken over that backfield. And he never did. And he had a clear line to it. And, you know, that's he's way down my list, but just part of the the, you know, part of the whole deal here. So uh, I I do like I think everything kind of wrapped up in the same spot there. Aside from our mid, you know, some of those mid guys, we were kind of in the same ballpark. And it's we're not trying to do the whole group think or in a. You know, we're not trying to do our rankings in a tunnel or anything like that. Yeah, no, we're... I, I have Ezekiel Elliott RB17, so I'm not, I'm not group thinking anything. Right, <laughs> right. So, yeah, we we both did these in completely independently. You know, nothing. <laughs> we weren't like, hey, you should put this guy here so we can talk about it. Um, so, yeah, it's interesting the way that came down and we kind of had all the same guys. What I'm curious about, Nathan, for you is now that we're kind of in that, that 25-ish range, if you had to grab a couple of guys from the next five or 10 to be like, now is the time to get in here because we could see these guys move up. Assuming we don't see a free agent go there. Assuming we don't see a rookie go there, which is a lot of bullets to dodge. But if any of your next few guys could make that big move, who do you think it would be? None. <laughs> I, I, I think that everyone below here 
is going to lose their job if they have one. They're going to not be the starting position, or even if they ever had the starting position. Like, there's not a single guy here that I think is going to improve their draft stock throughout the offseason. I, I will say, I mean, I'm just going to go through the. I have like six more guys listed. I'll just go through them. I have Singletary, who we talked about, was just disappointment. We have Melvin Gordon, who's getting the touches in, you know, maybe they get a better quarterback in Denver. Philip Lindsay going to be in a better situation this time next year. So I guess he would be the answer, um, would be Philip Lindsay to that question. Uh, Kashawn Vaughn, Damian Harris, and Daryl Henderson. I'm not excited about any of these guys. Uh, even Lindsay, who I think is a, a, a solid buy. I, I think that for the most part, once once you get past Drake, if you're looking for RB points, you're looking too late. I'm going to be honest. I don't even think I have Lindsay in my top 40. One guy you did mention who is close to next on my list is Damian Harris. You know, James White is there. Didn't get a ton of work this year. The Cam Newton experiment didn't really go as planned. That offense is pretty bad. Uh, obviously, we don't think Jared Siddham is going to be the answer. I would anticipate them. Maybe Mac Jones falls into their lap somehow. Maybe they get Trey Lance. A lot of maybes, but I think we see that offense take a big leap forward. And they've, they've got some skin in the game on Damian Harris. They did it with Sonny Michelle, but I think he's going to pack his bags and, and head out. It, Damian Harris could have a real lot of upside here. He's not the most exciting player. He was a good college player, and I think his game translates to the pros. We saw some, some, you know, a few spots here and there this season, even with that abysmal Patriots offense. There, there are some signs of life with Damian Harris. I think he could make a decent-sized move if he dodges all those bullets. And I will say my one, like, deeper guy, a guy who's being drafted at RB51 right now, is Darrington Evans. Um like I said, we have the you know the possibilities of Derrick Henry workload getting to him at some point, and the Titans didn't invest a third round pick to waste it. Like they're, they're Derrick Evans, you know, didn't help himself by getting hurt to begin the season, but you will be seeing more of Darrington Evans in 2021. Yep, I, I actually like him quite a bit too. I have him uh, with Kashawn Vaughn here down the list, just a few more spots, but uh, I think those two guys, and I'm not a big Kashawn Vaughn guy, um, but. There's some upside, especially because of the offenses that they're connected to, that we could see some real work from these guys. And even maybe if they aren't the most talented players, the type of volume they're getting in the offense, they're getting it, it is going to be meaningful. Uh, and it could some it can turn some heads. So uh, as much as I do like Ronald Jones in Tampa, I think Sean Vaughn could, you know, potentially be a problem there. All right, you want to wrap us up with any deep on your list, any really uh, sleeper sleepers? No, honestly, I, I think uh, it, people may still be sleeping on Tariq Cohen, who I mentioned a little bit with David Montgomery. Uh, another guy who people still really haven't caught up on is Naheem Hines. I, I think he's going to continue to get some passing down work in Indianapolis. And, you know, I liked him coming out as, as a rookie. Uh, I thought he brought a lot to the table especially in the receiving game. And we're starting to see it now. He, uh, he put up some pretty unreal numbers this year uh, when I think we all expected it to be a Marlon Mack slash Jonathan Taylor show. Then obviously Marlon Mack got injured and then it was Jonathan Taylor and Naheem Hines. And when Taylor was out, Hines kind of proved he could do it if need be <laughs> like he, he could be a guy if, if he somehow broke free got to a different offense, there's there's potential there. I do like him here as a combo with Jonathan Taylor, though. I, I think he's got nice upside as a pass catcher. 
All righty, that should wrap us up for this evening, the Running Back Ranking Summit for the Dynasty Tradecast. Next week, we'll cover the wide receivers, my favorite position in Dynasty. Looking forward to it, Dan. Any last words before we head out? No, I'm sure we won't argue it all next week. Make sure you head on over to rosevis.com. Get yourself a subscription with promo code RVRADIO2021. And like and leave a review. Five stars. Kadoosh!